Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening in. Um, it seems to be from the numbers of listeners and times they've listened that the uh, supernatural stuff seems to be really popular. So I thought maybe I'd touch on that just a little bit again. And uh, I'd like to tell you about growing up um, when I was a kid, of course, I, I shared an earlier uh, podcast where I always just felt different. And I always, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. And I never really, I mean, I had friends and, <clears throat> and, um, and I'm, I, you know, my friends liked me. I mean, I, I don't want to say that I sound like a loner that, you know, um, I just never felt like I belonged with anybody or with anyone. And so could have been a lot of reasons for that. I'm not really sure why, but, um, I always felt different than the other kids. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with my supernatural ability. Um, and again, I, I'm not trying to tout myself as, as, you know, someone who's like a superhero or something. I'm really not. It's, it's a gift that I was given. I didn't do anything to earn it. Um, it just, it simply is what it is. But my cousin and I, we, um, we sort of dabbled a little bit in, in the supernatural. And, uh, back then we didn't really know what to call it. Um, we called it ESP. And so what we would do is we would, he would go in one room, I'd go in another room and we'd have a drawing pad, each of us. And, um, we would try and figure out what the other person was drawing by, by tuning into, to their, um, subconscious. And, um, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, you know, being around each other, that didn't really prove anything because we were around each other all the time. Uh, we were inseparable when we were young. And so, you know, you could argue that we probably knew each other well enough that, you know, if we were going to draw something, it'd probably be something that either one of us knew. Um, so that wasn't really scientific. So then we thought we would take markers, color markers, and uh, hold them behind our back and see if the other one can figure out what color it is. Well, that worked uh, a few times too, and uh, more times it worked more times than didn't. Of course, then again, you could just chalk that up to luck, um, and it could have been luck. It could have been, you know, could have been nothing but luck. Um, but then we thought we'd get a little braver and try to um, try to do something kinetically, and, uh, and I'm. We wanted to try to move something with our minds, and so we. He went in the kitchen, got a uh, a, a salt shaker, and uh, it was probably three three inches, four inches, something like that. It wasn't very big, and we put it on the corner of his desk in his room, and you know we concentrated and concentrated, and you know we we did what we saw in the movies. You know, you put your fingers on your forehead, and you kind of focus on whatever's going on and and uh, we kept looking at it looking at it and the next thing we know it goes sliding across the desk he didn't touch it I didn't touch it and it slid across the desk and onto the floor and that scared the pee willy out of us we jumped up both of us screamed like little girls and ran as quickly as we could out of the house and into the front yard. 
I don't know why we ran into the front yard. I'm not sure. I guess we were just trying to escape it. So we felt like we were we were probably um, safe out in the front yard. So that's where we ran to. We ran to the front yard and um, then we uh, we kind of stood there in the front yard and we kind of you know looked at each other like what the heck just happened and you know we were both we're both kind of freaking out and you know we I asked him I said did you see that and he said yeah did you see it and it, it was confirmation to us individually I guess that you know our eyes weren't playing tricks on us it really did do that now did we move it probably not um, did something move it yeah I believe something did move it um, now I know this sounds crazy and it sounds it's probably not very theologically sound. Um, you know, coming from a, a Christian background, you know, we were always taught that things like that were just evil and you shouldn't do them. And, um, and I, I can kind of agree with that. Um, but with all that being said, you know, something moved that salt shaker. Something caused it to move and it wasn't us. And it wasn't the wind, and it wasn't a tremor. Um, something supernatural, something probably not of this world, moved it. Now you may be shaking your head and thinking we lost our minds, or you don't believe in you know uh, ghosts and all those things. Well, you may not believe in ghosts, and that's fine. I get it. You know, I, I'm 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 a really skeptical person. Um, I don't believe in a whole lot of things. Um, trying to think of a story I might have shared it with you before and that's the thing about sharing stories and getting older your your memory doesn't work as well as you you, you wished it could and um, anyway I'll move on Scott and I were were first cousins his mom and my mom were sisters the only sisters uh, they had no brothers or other siblings so we um, I grew up very very uh, close to Scott and my aunt and um, Scott was smart. He was, you know, he was uh, he was artistic. He was uh, he was music, musically inclined. I mean, he just he he, he was um, he had so much that I wanted. And um, his mom was uh, she called herself a white witch, and she would communicate with uh, Ouija boards and with um, uh, crystal balls things like that. Now, I don't put a whole lot of faith into things like that, although I do believe there's something supernatural going on. We may not be able to see it, but I do believe that there's a connection of this world and, and, the, and the world beyond this one. Maybe uh, it's just, you know, separated by this thin veil. Who knows? But um, I do know there's something Growing up, Scotty would, uh, he came to spend the night with us, and uh, as he did many other times, well, my mom and dad had started a prayer meeting group at the house, and uh, I think my father was trying to uh, start a home church, and so we had people come over, and we had regular people that'd come over, and most of them were just 
elderly people who were lonely, just looking for, you know, a social outlet. And uh, we had a young, uh, young girl that uh, lived at the house with us. My mom and dad took in strays. And um, she was kind of a dark girl, um, not dark in complexion. Uh, she was just like, I don't know, I call people spiritually dark who are kind of, I don't know, I pick up things from them. Anyway, she was a little bit spiritually dark, and she was very much like uh, a hermit. She didn't come out of her room. She went to work every day. She worked, but she stayed there with us. And um, we didn't really have that many conversations with her. And... Um, I want to say that her name was was Joni. <clears throat> I may be wrong. It might have been Michelle. Anyway, it's been a long time ago, and I, I was about eight years old. And all the reason I know that I was eight years old is because I played football for the very first and only time in my entire life, and my jersey was my was my age. I, I chose my age as my jersey number, which was eight. So I know that I was eight years old. Anyway, we lived in an old. Well, I shouldn't say old always made me think of an old two-story house, but it really wasn't. It was a fairly new two-story house, but it was built to look old, and um, it uh, it was kind of creepy at times, you know. There were, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory on it. Um, there were times when my brother and I would suspect things in the house. We would feel things in the house, and I remember one time uh, we were standing outside uh, the backyard. We had a pretty big backyard, and um, my brother was facing the house and I was facing my brother and you know he was always pulling tricks and jokes and things like that on me and um, now my brother was not scared of anything if he was he never showed it he was um, one of the bravest people I think I've ever known to this day actually um, at any rate he um, we were playing we were doing something in the backyard and he stopped just stopped and he looked up at the at the uh, bath, excuse me, the bathroom window upstairs that faced the backyard, and uh, he just stopped and he stared. Well, he'd do that sometimes, like you know, he'd act like somebody was standing behind me, and he'd look and he'd freeze, you know. And I kind of thought, oh, he's trying to scare me again. So I turn around slowly, and he starts hightailing it to the house, running fast as he can, fast as he can, running. And he gets to the back door that goes in through the through the uh, laundry room, and it connects to the kitchen and then the kitchen connects to the living room anyway he runs in and I run in behind him not really thinking you know but I'm running in behind him and he runs the, through the uh, laundry room and then into the kitchen and then turns right and goes to the living room and then turns right and goes up the stairway and um, he went upstairs ran as fast as he could upstairs and he got to the window and or he got to the, the room and he looked and he and he looked all over the bathroom and he looked upstairs and and I said, what are you doing? And he said, there was someone staring out the window at me. And I said, no, seriously, what are you doing? He said, no, I'm telling you the truth. There was someone staring out the window at me. And I said, "You, are you serious? And he goes, I'm telling you, there was someone staring out the window at me. And of course, then I get a little scared. And I'm like, well, let's get out of here, you know. And he's like, no, I want to look around. I want to see if it's, you know, Howard, my other brother. And he said, no, no, we looked around. Couldn't find anybody upstairs. Nobody was in the house at all, actually. Um, I'm not sure where everybody was, but they weren't there. And so um, we went outside and played again. Never thought, really, never gave much thought to it. But then things started happening in the house. And um, like one night we heard a crash upstairs. And uh, the, the mirror had fallen off the wall. And uh, it was, it was 
a very thick mirror. Um, it was probably an inch thick, and it was an old, old mirror. And uh, of course, it's back in the '70s, so it, it, it didn't have the light material like they do today. It was very, it was very thick and very heavy, and it was uh, affixed to the wall. It had never, ever come off the wall ever for any reason whatsoever. And so. My dad and mom went running upstairs because they wondered what it was, of course. Made this huge crashing sound. And they get up there, and the mirror is not just broken, but it's all over the counters. We had a pretty big upstairs bathroom, um, and it it had broken into a million pieces. And then part of it was in the tub, part of it was on the floor. I mean, it it was almost as if somebody went in there and just scattered these, these mirror pieces all over and um, it was just kind of bizarre and I remember my parents you know talking later and they were both asking each other how did you know how did that happen how did you know this thing get broken and then scattered in so many pieces like that you know and they were they were concerned too you know they didn't know we were listening but we were listening but anyway that was one incident Um, another time my mother had said that she waked up one night and there was this, uh, what she described as a blanket, like a, like a wool blanket or something, just kind of hovering over her bed and she couldn't breathe and she couldn't speak. And, um, she was trying to get my dad's attention and she couldn't wake him up to do it, uh, to wake up, to get him to look at it. And, um, she said, terrified her, scared her half to death. And, and, uh, my brother said one night that he woke up and, uh, he saw this little ball-headed, he called it a demon, said had no hair on his head, had red beady eyes, and it was standing at the foot of his bed, just, you know, holding on to the rails of his bed, just kind of laughing, you know, laughing, ha, 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 you know, and um, my brother was never scared of anything, seriously, um, if he was, he never showed it, and for him to tell that story, I, I, it gave me chills, well, we had heard noises upstairs, we heard people walking upstairs, um, when you live in a, in a two-story house, you can hear when someone's walking upstairs. It makes a noise, you know, and um, we, we would hear that all the time, and, and we kind of got used to it. You know, sometimes we'd run up there just to see if anybody was there, but nobody was there, and so anyway, um, now fast forward to one night. We're all in the living room, and uh, my mom and dad are having this little prayer meeting thing, and um, they're praying for different people, and and I want to say her name was Michelle. She came out of the back bedroom. Well, she never came out for prayer meeting. She just didn't do it. She was, um, she just was very, very, very quiet. I, I don't think I had more than one conversation with her the whole time she was there. And, uh, I don't remember exactly how long she was there, but it seemed like a pretty good timeline, but Anyway, um, she comes out, and she wanders out. It was just kind of freaky that she'd just wander out. She didn't say a word. She just wandered out there, you know. And um, we had a little old lady that was there, and her name was Miss Carmen. She's dead and gone now, but she was probably, golly, she's under five feet tall. She was tiny. And she'd come every every time we had prayer meeting, she'd come. Well, we had her, and I think we, I want to say we had a couple of other people there, too. Of course, there was, you know, me and my, my brother Andy and, Howard and Joey and my mom and my dad you know it was quite a few people in the living room actually and so we um my brother and I were sitting on the couch and you know not really paying attention or anything but just kind of 
enduring it really because we we were kids we didn't really want to do this but this was my dad's thing and he wanted to do it so anyway she comes in and my mom says you know says something to her and they have a conversation and uh, next thing I know you know Michelle asked for prayer and um, so you know my mom and dad they they had this oil I guess it was olive oil or something I don't know but they had some oil and they were anointing her and and um, they started praying over and everything and and uh she was normal at first. And when I say normal, she was quiet and didn't say a word. And she just kind of let them put their hands on her on her head and her forehead. And they prayed for her. And my dad came over and prayed for her. And you got to understand, my dad's like six foot two, uh, probably 250 pounds solid. I mean, he was just a huge mountain of a man. And um, he's praying for this girl, Michelle. And she's probably, I mean, she might have been. 21, 22 years old. She's an um, unassuming person. I mean, she wasn't like this Amazonian type person, you know. I don't even think she was that tall either. And uh, my dad's praying for her and everything. And then all of a sudden, she just wails like screams, bloody murder. I mean, blood curdling scream. Scared me and my brother half to death. And we're sitting on the couch together and we just kind of look at each other like, what the heck? And um, this girl falls down on the floor. She was on her knees, I think, at that point, and, and kind of sitting on her knees, uh, and they were praying for her, and then she just sort of fell backwards, you know. And she's on the floor, and she had this dark, dark hair. I don't know if she dyed it dark or not, but it was just really dark. It was long, and she was just rolling back and forth, you know, just, just writhing back and forth, and her head, throwing her head back and forth, and doing all this crazy stuff. And, you know, and, and then uh, my dad, you know, he was trying to be all exorcist and everything and um he's like i command you in the name of jesus to come out of her and and this girl who is normally quiet who doesn't say a word she's like two seconds from a coma most of the time all of a sudden she starts speaking in this deep growly voice telling you it was it was like something out of a hollywood movie (laughs) And it was bizarre. My brother and I, we, we, we got close to each other on that couch. And, I mean, we, our bodies were touching. We were terrified. And, uh, of course, to set the scene for you, we're in the living room, okay? There's two lamps that are on in the living room. Maybe, maybe two. And it's dim. There's a storm outside, lightning every now and then. I mean, it was just like the perfect horror movie, Okay. Anyway, my mom, she sees what's going on, and I guess she saw that my brother and I were just terrified. And she comes over to us, and she crawls over on her knees to us really quickly, and she grabs us, she puts her arms around us, and she says, just start praying in the name of Jesus. Just say Jesus, you know. And um, I don't think I ever said Jesus as many times as I did that night. My brother and I sound like, you know, auctioneers over there saying Jesus about a thousand times. And... Um, we were scared to death. I started crying. You know, I had tears coming out of my eyes. I'm just a kid. I'm terrified. And, uh, I mean, we knew about exorcists. It had been around, I think, by then. And uh, Rosemary's Baby and all those creepy old 1970s horror movies, you know. And I, I'd never seen either one of those, but I'd heard about them, you know, from my uncles who'd seen it. <clears throat> and, of course, you know, we, we've heard things, you know, and stories about people being possessed. And so my first inclination was... 
you know, these demons are there, you know, and my dad's wanting to cast them out. Well, you know, I was, I was kind of under the impression, leave them where they are, you know. They've been there for a while. They've been there long enough. Leave them in her. I don't want them coming out. We ain't got no room in the, in the house for that. And so my dad's like, you know, I command you to tell me your name and all this here. And he's trying to speak this authority over it. Well, next thing I know, my dad literally, literally goes flying across the room. You know when you're a kid and somebody lays on their back and they pull their legs back and then you sit on their, on their, on their feet, the bottom of the feet, and they kind of catapult you off? That's what it looked like. It looked like she had catapulted my dad over to the wall, and we had paneling walls. And um, my dad hit that panel, and it sounded like a, a freight train crashing into the wall. And I mean, she or it or whatever it was got a hold of him, and uh, he fell back on that thing, and I could see his face. He had a face of absolute terror, sheer terror, because I think he realized at that point uh, he had chew, he had bitten off a little more than he could chew, so to speak. And so he um, he I gotta I gotta say this though he ran back over there, you know, and and Mama's holding her down, and some lady was holding her down. What Miss Carmen? So it was somebody another visitor, and they were trying to keep this girl. And she's slobbered and spitting and crying and yelling and cussing. And Lord have mercy, I mean. And I'm thinking, you know, I'd like to run outside like Scott and I did, but heck, it's dark and raining and storming and lightning outside and thunder and, you know, and it's like I was between a rock and a hard place. And my brother, we we just looked at each other, Jesus, 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 that's all we could say. And it, it got faster in the cadence. We got, uh, got uh, much more uh, systematic after that. Anyway, we, uh, we were terrified. I mean, especially after we saw what it did to my dad. And my dad's praying over it and everything, and he's claiming all this and uh, screaming scripture at this thing. And, you know, all I can think about is when them things come out, where they going to go, you know. And so next thing I know, my, my dad yells at my mom. He says, they're going upstairs. They're going upstairs. <laughs> and my brother and I look at each other because, you know, that's where we sleep is upstairs and I'm thinking oh dear God he has let these demons out of this woman and now they're going upstairs where I sleep I say put them right back into her well anyway my dad jumps up and he runs towards the uh, bottom of the stairs and my brother and I kind of look at each other and we're like well where do we go well my dad was the strongest man in the room we, we, we thought and so we uh, a lot of them headed up with my dad my brother Joey did and and I think Howard did too. And of course, Andy and I decided we didn't want to stay there with the possessed girl. We really didn't want to go outside where it was raining and thundering and storming. And uh, we certainly didn't want to go upstairs, but it was the lesser of the three evils. So he and I jumped up and we ran towards the stairs. Well, my dad was about midway up the stairs and my mom had just come behind us and made her way around us. And my dad was up in the middle of the stairs, swiping at the air. And I mean, you'd have thought that he was battling a bat or something and he was yelling and screaming he said Lynn they're all over me they're all over me Lynn get them off of me get them off of me well I didn't see anything but I did see my big old daddy up there swapping back and forth and I mean it was it was it was crazy and so finally he he almost falls down the stairs trying to fight these things off nothing there but he's trying to fight them off 
and finally he gets I guess they turn loose of him or something I'm not really sure but he goes upstairs into the into the bedroom well he says they're going upstairs they're going upstairs and I'm like oh dear lord they're going upstairs and um, so my brother and I we run upstairs too and my you know my mom uh, she's giving us the oil and she's saying pray over your bed and everything and I'm dumping that oil all over my bed it was it was squeaky clean after that I had oil all over the place and I was praying over my bed, and I said, Lord, have mercy, don't let these demons stick around here. And uh, my brother was up there, and uh, my mom was up there, and my dad was up there, and um, my other brother was up there. And we were all just kind of praying over our beds and everything, and it, it, I, don't, I don't think anything happened after that. But um, after that night, things got a little more freakier in our house. So... We hear noises um, upstairs. It was always upstairs, which was kind of crazy because that's where all them crazy demons went. And uh, my cousin Scott comes over one night, and he spent the night like he always did, you know. He lived in Jacksonville, which was about 45 minutes away, maybe an hour. And uh, so he didn't come spend a lot, spend the night a lot, but he did this night. And so we're, we've, we've got sleeping bags downstairs and we're sleeping behind the couch, between the wall and the couch and in the living room. And um, we're laying there just talking like, you know, kids do. We talk about everything under the sun. And uh, all of a sudden, my mom had this uh, Hammond organ, I believe it was a Hammond. And it was electronic, it was electric organ, and it was, um, she'd always wanted one, and my dad somehow got her one. But anyway, this thing starts making noise. Well, it wasn't unusual, I'll just tell you, it wasn't unusual for us to pick up CB radio uh, people, because we lived, the end of our property was was, uh, was Interstate 10. So our backyard was a big field that backed up to I-10. So. You know, it wasn't unusual to hear truckers as they go by talking on CB radio. So, realistically, you could say, you know, that maybe it was noise coming from from trucker CBs because it would pick it up. Well, then, Mama had this old chair. It looked old. I, I don't know. It might not have been that old, but I think it was Grandma's chair. And it had wooden arms that... The hands, it was, it was like hands were, were, the, uh, were the end of the, the armrest. And um, it almost, it looked sort of uh, Baroque, if you, if you know what I'm trying to say. And it had the tapestry material on the, on, the, on the chair. And it was a beautiful old antique chair. Well, this thing started moving. And I'm telling you, when I say it moved, it started rocking back and forth. And it was some sort of, uh, I don't know how they how it worked or how it did it, but my, my cousin and I saw this, and we were frozen, could not move at all. There was a picture hanging up on the wall above us, and um, it was a it was a farm seed. It was just a it was these two as a boy and a girl, um, you know, and they were they were like uh, geese around them, and you know it was a beautiful red barn and. Um, he's turning this this stone wheel and you know or she is or whatever but anyway one of them's turning the other one's got a stick or something and they're kind of you know playing with the stone wheel and all of a sudden that picture came to life and I kid you not and he turned in the painting and looked at us and when he did his eyes turned red 
and he grabbed the little girl and pulled her head down in that thing and started spinning it and blood just started coming out of her head and it was like a it's like a movie and it came down the painting and everything and when that happened my cousin and I again we screamed and ran upstairs to my mom and my dad and um, we actually ended up sleeping with them that night my cousin called his mom the next day and she came and got him as soon as possible and uh, he never ever spent the night at our house again and we talked about that many times afterwards as we became adults and we got older you know we talk about it and you know and, and our counts were always the same it was always consistent you know and um, so fast forward to when I'm about 19 or 20 years old I think I'm about 20 um, I was in college and uh, I remember one day I was telling the story excuse me I was telling this story Ooh, I had to sneeze I'm so sorry I was trying to anyway I was telling this story to my friends in college and um, I was telling them all about the story and everything and all that happened to me and my cousin and everything and you know we're I'm telling the story one night we're all sitting around drinking and um, they're like no way this didn't happen you know I said I swear to God it happened and um, I said in fact uh, the house is over McClenny and um, they said what and I said oh yeah yeah it's still there and they said well let's go see it and I said you've lost your minds I'm not going back to that house well anyway the next day they they kept on kept on kept on please take us over there please take us over there well I said okay fine I'm going but I'm I'm not going to go inside that house or in the near that house and um, so we get there and there's a trailer a single wide trailer right next door to the house and you could you could tell that it was kind of on the property too and so we went over to the house we saw a for rent sign in front of the house and I thought well that's kind of strange so we went over to the trailer and knocked on the door and this young girl I'd say she's about 14 or 15 years old came to the door and she said uh, she can I help y'all and I said yeah we're, we're interested in the house next door and she said well it's for rent um, she said um, my mom and dad are going through a divorce and they're going to rent the house until they can sell it and I said oh I'm sorry to hear that and she said yeah and I said um, can I ask you a question she said sure and I said my last name's Hartley and I said uh, we used to live over there when I was a kid way back a long time ago and um, and I said uh, just out of curiosity um, oh yeah I'll turn here I'm sorry. I said, just out of curiosity, did anything strange ever happen, you know, when y'all lived there? And she said, well, yeah, actually, a lot of strange things happened when we lived there. And I said, well, is there anything you can, you know, talk about? And she said, well, my mom and dad told me not to say anything about it. You know, they didn't want us talking about it. We'd get in trouble. And I said, well, I said, can you just tell me? And of course, now all my friends, you know, they're just they're all ears they, they want to hear this so they uh they're leaning in trying to listen and everything and and uh i said uh just you know just tell me something that happened or whatever and she's like okay okay so she says well we used to hear a lot of noises upstairs and she said things like somebody was walking up there but they really weren't walking you know nobody was there and i'm like oh okay and she said you know then we'd hear a baby cry sometimes upstairs that was kind of weird and she said my mom and dad uh, said they would see people at the foot of their bed and things like that. And about that time, 
the door opened up and it was her mom and she snatched her inside and she said, get inside. And I heard her say behind the door, I, I thought we told you not to talk about that. And um, the mom opened the door again and looked out at us and she said, the house is not for sale. Get out of here. It's not for rent. Come on, come on. And uh, sorry, this guy's trying to come out when he's not supposed to. Anyway, she said, the house is not for sale. Get off here. Get off my property. <laughs> So, of course, now my friends are like, oh, my God, it's true, it's true. So they run across the street or next door to where the house is, and they're standing out there by the house and everything. And um, it's <laughs> and uh, they said, Harley or Dan, stand up there next to the house, and we'll, you know, we want to get a picture of you. So I stood next to one of the windows, the downstairs living room window, and they took a picture of me. Well, back then you had to have your film taken to the uh, store to get it developed because we didn't. We didn't have Instamatics. We did, but, you know, they, we didn't have Polaroids back then. So anyway, um, we leave and we come back over to Lake City. And so uh, a couple of days later, one of my friends calls me and says, Hey, man, you got to see this. You got to see this. You got to see this. Come here. And he had his pictures developed. And there was a picture of me standing in front of the living room window. And there were white streaks across the, across the photo. And I said, that's kind of weird. And he said, yeah, it's not on any of the other pictures. It's just on this one with you. So I know I went on a lot longer than I, I, I really wanted to, but um, you needed to hear that story because every bit of what I just told you is absolutely 100% true. Now, you can believe it or not, that's up to you, but it's absolutely true, and that house is still there today. And I guess people are living there. I don't know. I've never been back since the uh, mid-80s when, when I went with my friends. And so that's my story today, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if, you, uh, if you did, I'll, I'll probably tell a few more. Thanks for joining